Shine 1049. I'm Darren Potzer. Grateful for your company this evening. Now, one of the core values of this local radio ministry is to shine the spotlight on other local people or ministries who are making a difference for Christ. I have a friend in studio, successful businessman from Spokane, Weston Davis. I have this recurring nightmare that I've been called as a missionary to India. And yet here you are, midlife, uproot from your family, travel with your wife, Michelle, 7,500 miles from Spokane to live that reality in India. Well, thank you very much. It's a, it's an honor to pause for a few minutes and talk about India. We were minding our own business, and out of nowhere, the opportunity was presented to my wife and I that maybe we could consider doing some humanitarian work in India. Sometime later, we found ourselves living in New Delhi. It's one of the largest cities on the planet, 27 million people in the greater New Delhi area. It is also one of the most polluted cities on the planet, especially during the winter, very difficult to to see very far, and we often will wear our mask. The streets, the alleys, the byways, the homes, the apartments are just filled with people. As many of your listeners will be aware of, in a Hindu country, many animals are sacred, and uh, the cow is one of those, and so there's cows everywhere. Hmm wandering the streets, sitting in the middle of intersections. Those are things that are different from Spokane. And you referenced a little bit of the pollution. I've heard you said before, you know, we've gotten a little bit of the ash the last few summers here in Spokane. How does that compare with what you're talking about? Yes, I, I think the worst day ever in Spokane when this, when you couldn't even see see across a little valley would be a normal day during the wintertime in New Delhi. It's not always that way. There's some days when it clears up, and and especially in the summers, it, it gets a little better with the heat. We actually live in a suburb of New Delhi called Gurgaon. It's a small suburb of a million people. So, Weston, what caused you to take this call? I mean, you've been a successful businessman here in Spokane. You still are in healthcare, And then one day out of the blue, you kind of feel this tug on your heart or you get an invitation? How did you find yourself waking up within a matter of months over in New Delhi, India? We were minding our own business and I met a person who was the president of our humanitarian organization we work for. And I says, yeah, someday when I retire, it'd be nice if I went to India and worked at an orphanage for a little bit. And he said, really? And one thing led to another. And once a seed is planted in your heart, in your mind, it's very hard to unplant it. Mm. Once someone suggests an opportunity or would you be interested in doing something, it's very hard to get that out of your mind. There can be 50 reasons why it's not a good idea or couldn't work at this point, but something nags at you and won't let it go if you let the Spirit continue to influence those decisions. It will be two years this fall. It was in the fall of 2018. Listening to Spokane businessman Weston Davis share a little bit about his family, his wife, and his call to New Delhi, India. And we'll hear more with him in just a few moments. You're listening to Spokane's Shine 1049. Shine 1049, I'm Darren Potzer. And highlighting a, well, you don't like to call yourself a missionary, I guess, but a businessman here in Spokane that's been called to what I consider the mission field over in New Delhi, India. Weston Davis, thank you for joining me this evening. What's the purpose of the work that you're doing over in India now that you've moved over there from Spokane? 
The work we do in India is humanitarian work. We're an NGO, a non-government organization that work around the world. Many of your listeners are aware of NGOs. They can be secular or they can be faith-based. Our NGO happens to be a faith-based humanitarian organization, but we focus on disaster relief, situations like cyclones or earthquakes hit India, and that's very common, especially for cyclones. Sometimes there's multiple cyclones a year that will wipe out vast tracts of land and and the people involved are severely impacted and our organization provides relief. But we also do development work, which I'm very excited about. Development work can center around health for us, health and health care, health education, hygiene, water, sanitation systems and issues are um, a major part of what we do. We have a new program right now uh, in the northeast part of India among the tea garden plantation workers who are severely poverty-stricken, and we're working on livelihood issues, areas where they can pull themselves, hopefully, out of those situations and make a better life for their families and for themselves. Weston Davis, he and his wife, Michelle, took a call from Spokane just a couple of years ago to go travel to New Delhi, India, where they're serving the people of India. We have poverty in the United States. We have people on food stamps. We have people that get housing assistance. We see homeless people. How does that compare to what you see in New Delhi, in Mumbai, Kolkata? How does our poverty in America compare with what you know about in India? I remember I was telling one of my staff that... um, I had helped a very poor person once in the, in the United States buy gas for their car. My staff could not understand that comment. He said, well, if they were poor, how did they have a car? And it made no sense to him that a poor person would have a car. And the poverty in India is, is a vastly different level and I could certainly spend time talking about the United Nations categories of poverty and mm-hmm. the density of the population. Many, many people living in a very small room, hundreds of thousands, millions. There's millions of migrant workers that come from the countryside, from the villages, into the large cities for work, for construction, for domestic help. And these millions of people, they live in vast communities that we might call slums, very, very dense. These people have very, very little in the way of personal uh, material items. The health care is not adequate, and the government systems are overloaded. One thing I will say, I'm constantly impressed with the resourcefulness of the Indian people. They can be extremely impoverished, and yet they find ways to provide for their family, to work they work long hours and they work hard. There's still people that live on dumps though, right? That oh, they yes. dig through the dumps. Absolutely. And- the, the the rag pickers. Yep. The the refuse areas of the big cities have the rag pickers that spend time uh, going through the trash, trying to find anything salvageable that can be sold. But across the country there's very resourceful people trying to find a way to make make a living. And the middle class is growing in India. My guest today, I'm Darren Potzer, is Weston Davis, a humanitarian, a director in the country of India with the organization called ADRA. 
We'll learn more about his work in that country coming up in a few moments. You're listening to Spokane's Shine 1049. Shine 104.9, grateful for your company this evening as we head towards the weekend. My guest in studio this evening is Weston Davis, country director for ADRA. It's a non-governmental humanitarian organization. Now, Weston and his wife, Michelle, are Spokane residents who just two years ago followed God's leading and call on their lives to leave their home here in Spokane and travel 7,500 miles to the densely populated country of India. And tonight I'm learning a little bit more about their work there. Tell us a little bit about the caste system. Is that still something in India today? There are many people that would like to not discuss the caste system. My wife and I have been very fascinated by it because it's alive and well. And people of all castes can do fairly well, but they are expected to stay in their caste. That's the cards you've been dealt. That's your lot in life. To leave your caste is not possible. Hmm. So give us an example of what those different castes might be. Well, the, the lowest caste would be people that would work in the uh, sanitation, sewers, the dumps, maybe even with dead animals. And then it goes through the s- several castes, and I haven't committed them all to hmm. memory. But And the Brahmins would be the, the high caste. The density of the population is there's people everywhere all the time. But they're like us. They're doing their, they live in the same place and they're doing their work. I'm the uh, country director for our nationwide humanitarian organization. Is Christianity welcome in India today? Be honest. Less so, sadly. It's less than 5% Christian in the country. The gospel tradition says that the disciple Thomas actually took the gospel to India do you sense, we hear stories out of Iran, for instance, and it says the hidden church in China, in India is just exploding. Is there an openness? Is there a growth in the church in India? Or is there not so much a seeking after Christianity in that country? I think the story in India is similar. I hear rumors that the underground church or the house church is growing. I have a a worker that is a contract worker for me, and he's so excited because he's a he's a new Christian and he was a Hindu, and he's on fire for for the Lord. But that's the exception. So in your work, you have to be somewhat careful, is what I'm picking up. You're not able to necessarily be overtly sharing the gospel in the humanitarian work that Correct. you're doing. Correct. Uh, India is very, very opposed to NGOs coming, uh, faith-based NGOs, and doing evangelical work. For instance, you've shared that Compassion International was kicked out of the country recently, which is devastating. It's sad with over 500 employees. Tell us a little bit about Hinduism. Is that something where people are content with that? Do they have hope in the afterlife? Is there you know, a lot of depression because they don't really have hope for the future that Christianity might bring. I don't know that I'm qualified to speak on Hinduism. My my wife, Michelle, and I have had many lively discussions about Hinduism as we've observed it in action. A number of those discussions are quite favorable. Another aspect of them are very concerning. But one thing that Hinduism does provide is a fatalistic attitude that you're dealt your lot in life, you got to deal with it. And the next time around, 
it will hopefully be better for you. The cycle of life. You'll yep. come back as something yep. else. Okay, okay. Yep. So your grandfather might be uh, that frog or that toad or something. It is a very concerning process because you're rewarded in the next life for how you behaved in this life. Seems fair. <laughs> is that, karma a Hinduistic? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. So what does it, karma mean to you? It's a situation that what goes around comes around. <laughs> That's a great definition. Weston Davis, my guest this evening. You're listening to Shine 1049. We'll catch up more with him in just a few moments. Shine 1049, grateful for your company this evening as we head towards the weekend. You know, when you were born, you had a 20% chance of being born into India or China based on population statistics. There are 1.3 billion people that live in both China and also 1.3 billion that live in India. Your chance of being born as an American is less than 5%. My guest in studio this evening is Weston Davis, country director for ADRA. Weston's a Spokane native that today is a humanitarian worker in India. Took a call just a couple of years ago and his wife and him now live in New Delhi, What's a child's life like growing up in India, Weston, that might be different from what a child's life is growing up in Spokane or Coeur d'Alene? Well, if you're from a lower uh, migrant worker or scheduled class, or we might even call it a caste system, your, your lot in life will be one of extreme manual labor, hand-to-mouth subsistence. One of my passions right now is gender selection, I just uh, was able to write a paper on, on this topic. It's a severe problem in India where people need to have a male child, a male heir. And with the advent of ultrasound and sonography, they can select the sex by abortion. Infanticide is also an issue after the, the child is born or neglect. So currently there's about 42 million more men than women in India. And China has a similar problem. I think they have 45 million more men than women. And this causes a great disparity, obviously, in, in the fabric of a civil society. Human trafficking is a major problem in Asia. But when you have the gender imbalance that exists in some of these Asian countries, the implications of that... Are, are many, or the legal aspect of buying a bride and taking them back to your community, and also the, the brothel, red light trafficking industry is brutal. Many of the times, these women are either kidnapped or promised something to leave their village, and they find themselves in the red light districts. To break out of it is almost impossible. Their village won't accept them back. Uh, no one wants them as they age out of that situation, and it's just tragic. It's illegal, of course, but in many parts of the world, if there's a profit to be made through corruption, through through paying off the the people that could control it, this stuff continues on a grand scale. Share with us a story about your friend and what he's doing in the brothels to try to save some of these kids. We have been privileged to work with a, an Indian gentleman. Uh, he, he left Hinduism and became a Christian. He became an attorney, and he has made it his personal goal to um, try and rescue children who are born in the brothels. He has set up a, a home, 
and having a good success, although many, many challenges and setbacks as he tries to rescue these children out of the red light district. So he'll just go down there and, and take them or what? He actually, since he's an attorney, he's aware of some of the situations and there's a trust level. And in that interaction, he will find children either by permission or by, to your point, just rescuing, just taking, he will save out of that situation. His existence is challenged all the time. So what we can do is pray. His comment is, and and it's obvious, this is a demonic issue. Weston Davis, humanitarian in India, who's a Spokane native right here in our own community. Grateful to have him in studio this evening. More with Weston in just a few moments about Adra India. You're listening to Spokane's Shine 1049. Spokane's Shine 1049, grateful for your company this evening. I'm Darren Potzer and have in studio a special guest this evening named Weston Davis, who took a call as a resident of Spokane, a successful businessman, felt the tug of God on his heart to travel to India, where he serves the nation of India and the people that live there today. What can we as Americans do to help missionaries? What can we do to help those who are working in humanitarian organizations like ADRA? It's, it's rather a cliche now, but funds are always, always needed. And the good thing is these funds are tracked well, and there's a strong effort to make sure they're going to the causes. We ensure that these funds are, are used for the purposes that they were meant to be used. Again, we would love to, to partner with your listeners as we develop various humanitarian projects in India that they could be a part of. One thing that Michelle and I are incredibly impressed in the discovery of how wonderful the Hindu people are and uh, the Indian people, they are a delight to work with. They have welcomed us in all ways. We learn constantly. We love their food. We love their hospitality. We love their energy. Just the opportunity for us to be able to work with Indians and to partner with them in our humanitarian work is an honor. Weston Davis, grateful for your time this evening, teaching us more about what's going on in India as far as in relation to the spread of the gospel and humanitarian work. Why don't you share your heart with us one more time, just your final words, anything you'd like to share with Shine listeners about what you're doing, about the call that you've had to India. Well, we've been surprised and honored to find ourselves working so far from home, halfway around the world. India grips you. It will be difficult to ever leave it completely, even though our home and our roots and our our families are are here in Spokane and Washington State. But we know we're where we're supposed to be. Our hearts are open to work with humanity wherever it is. And the neat thing is the mystery of, of working for the Lord, for the gospel, is you don't know what's around the corner. You just have to have your, your heart open to, to go. Is there anything you'd say to someone else that might be considering mission work? Do it. If it's a humanitarian work or, or, or whatever you feel a pull or a tug, I would just respond to it. Do not, do not push it aside. I encounter people who have found themselves somewhere in the world and they said, I never intended to be here, but wow, what an experience. And I would just challenge and encourage and cajole you to respond to those opportunities. Weston, what's a, what's a way that people could get a hold of you or learn more about your organization? 
Uh, you can certainly go out on the, on the web and look at ADRA International, A-D-R-A, and you can see ADRA's work around the world. And on those websites, you can narrow down by country. They will have avenues to, to reach us. Weston, thank you so much. You're a hero to me. If you'd like to reach out to him, if you'd like to be in touch in any way, certainly reach out to us through the Shine 1049 website. We'd be happy to put you in touch. This is Spokane's Shine 1049. You can hear this interview in full as well as many other podcasts and interviews on our website. Check it out at shine1049.org. Shine 1049.